So, John, what thing do you do obsessively? What do I do obsessively? There's, there's a fair few, I'm not going to lie. Okay. I mean, I've kind of probably stopped noticing most of them. <laughs> I've lived alone for a very long time. You know? Yeah. There were yeah. definitely moments when I watched this movie when I was like, well, it's not not how I live my life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never thought of you as similar to Jack Nicholson before. Well, you know, a lot of people have said it. So. <laughs> Um, Is it the hairline? Oh, very good. Very good, Harry. You had to get it in there, didn't you? <laughs> Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how? How that could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the box set. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels and spin-off ideas to As Good As It Gets. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas they have posted on our social media pages. But first we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most hard-hitting insults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't I know it? And joining me as always... He's not even worth insulting. It's John Lucas. Oh, I am red to fill. <laughs> <laughs> so, as good as it gets then. Yes. This is, this is your choice. It was my choice. What do you think? Have you seen it before? I have, yeah. I've seen it a few times, yeah. I can't remember why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an insult. I don't, <laughs> I don't mean that because it's terrible. It's not. I actually quite enjoy the movie, but I just... I can't remember why I thought this was the one to watch this week. Okay. I think just because... We are now almost 200 episodes deep. Yeah. And it is harder on weeks when there's not a theme just to be like, oh, I know that. I don't know. I, just... I mean, we were kind of doing a Robin Williams film, but the theme, but whatever. Yeah, I kind of went off with that, didn't I? I... You did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, you, I think, I know you mentioned beforehand that you wanted something a bit more watchable because you hadn't really loved the last couple of things that mm, I se- yeah. selected. So I don't know. I think it just popped into my head. I was like, yeah, I feel like that's watchable how, and how fun. Did, like, how, how, did, how, did, how did this become like a super watchable, enjoyable time? I know what you mean. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'd forgotten certain things, but it's, I don't know. I, f- I felt like it was an easy watch. It's like, oh, it won, it won some Oscars. It's a rom-com. What, it's, what did it win? Uh, it actually won. Um, it, it was nominated for like eight Oscars. It was a really? big player that year. It won Best Actor and Best Actress. Really? It is the most recent time, this has never happened since, that Best Actor and Best Actress have both come from the same movie. Wow, okay. Yeah, very rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. He got the acting sweep. He didn't win, but even uh, Greg Kinnear, got, who played the gay guy, mm. got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. So it was a huge, like, just uh, swept all the acting Oscars, basically, mm-hmm. apart from Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Um, yeah, it got nominated for Best Picture. It lost to Titanic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a controversial one. Oh, but... that's, that's why it came up, because... Same year as Goodwill Hunting. Yes, and I, was that's, the, that's I, was, I was looking at the awards. I knew yeah. there was a reason. Yeah, yes, it was the same year as Goodwill Hunting, so it was a little bit controversial because it was a bit of a green book. Not that it's as bad as Green Book, but I mean, we'll discuss. But um, <laughs> but it was one of those like crowd pleasing films that isn't really saying anything particularly, but it mm-hmm. makes people smile. And then it won Oscars yeah. over all the much more famous films, like you know, Helen Hunt beat Kate Winslet. She also wow. beat, uh, you know, from Titanic. Yeah. She also beat um, Judy Dench in that film, Mrs. Brown, where she played Queen Victoria, which everyone thought 
everyone thought Judy Dench was going to win. Mm-hmm. And it was a big upset that Helen Hunt won that one that year. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, it's because she's American. <laughs> and who knows? <laughs> I think Jack Nicholson, everyone was like, yeah, he's going to win. Yeah. But uh, I think Helen Hunt's win was a bit of a surprise. Okay. Um, and it's quite controversial to this day that she won. But uh, mm. yeah, so it was, it was kind of, it's your classic 90s Oscar bait. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not really particularly saying anything about the world. It's just quite middle brow. Mm. It's, it's, it's nice, to, kind of like Forrest Gump. Yeah. He's, it's like, he's like a mean Forrest Gump. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of one way to describe this movie. That is he's definitely a He's a mean Forrest this. Gump. Yeah. yeah. With a much younger girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. yeah. What did you think? <sighs> See, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think I, I think of this film the same way that the characters in this film think of Dretton Nicholson's character. They all hate him. But there's just something about him. <laughs> it just it just it's sneaks just, up on your life. Yeah. yeah. Much much as you hate to hate to admit it. Yeah. You get Yeah. Mm. I was never bored good in, in, good in this in this two and a half hour movie. Well I'm I'm glad that that's, um, that's something. Because I know you didn't feel that way about the Fisher King, so Yeah. I was I was completely in on this movie. Like oh, good. Okay. the first few minutes really turned me off. Mm-hmm. But somehow it just stayed I think it's just because it's it's ridiculous and bad in such a way mm-hmm. that I just got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Sure. I mean, Jack Nicholson's never not watchable. Wherever he's in, he's worth watching. Sure, so, yeah. Know. Yeah. But this was largely just like, oh, this is extremely inappropriate for so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's a... But also in a way that like the film wasn't, it, it didn't look like the film was necessarily trying to be inappropriate. It just naturally was in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think a lot... And also, he was a horrible man, the character. Yeah. I don't think this film would get made today. Definitely not. No. It would, it would end differently. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. No, I think the first... Watching it back this week, and it's, not, it's been a while since I've watched it, and I kind of came in with mildly, you know, just... It could go either way. I really loved, like, the first hour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is really a lot more charming. And yeah, and I agree, there's lots of questionable fir- moments. I, I, I did not like the first hour only because I was constantly just like, oh my God, where is this going? I don't mm. like where this is going. And I had so many ideas in my head of where it was going. Oh, I was like, okay. is this going to be a film about uh, about Greg Kinnear, who's like really happy with his life and everything, having parties and stuff. Yeah. But then this horrible old man across the corridor just comes in and ruins his life. Like he <laughs> takes gets his he, dog like, away. Yeah, like he gets beaten and beaten to a pulp. He steals his dog's love, like the only <laughs> thing that he's got left. And like, I don't want to watch the journey to get to this story. This, okay. this isn't going to be fun. And it kind of does that. It does a bit. Well, I mean, I knew where like, it was like, going. Like, yeah, yeah. But like the scene when him and Greg Kinnear are sat on the couch together, mm. and Jack Nicholson sort of takes pity in one of the rare moments in this. Yeah. And says like, you know how I got the dogs to love me? I've got, I've got, bacon in my pocket yeah and he goes cracking over the bacon the dog still goes for jack nicholson yeah i'm like oh my god this is what i didn't want to watch (laughs) (laughs) just this poor man being ground down yeah okay yeah see here's a i found the first hour to be very charming and interesting and good character dynamics Mm. and then when it pivoted into just being a love story mm-hmm. i was i'm out yeah, I, yeah i mean i always i remember i mean I, I, I saw it coming right away just like mm. the first scene that him and helen hunt have mm. i just straight away i was like oh god no what's the age difference here like i knew that 26 years yeah i know i know <laughs> I, I looked it up like I, obviously i knew that they were both in it yeah but you know you, you, just by knowing two people are in a film you don't know that they're gonna have a romance mm. but just their first scene just like 
I know it's coming. Oh <laughs> God, no! And and that's another thing where I was just kind of dreading where this movie was going, mm-hmm. and that's what kept it really interesting. Sure, was that, uh, there were these the things dread, that yeah. I was dreading, and I was like waiting to see like, is it going to go that horrible route or that horrible route sure. or this horrible route? And it kind of, kind of went all, but <laughs> like not so extremely. Sure. So it wasn't going anywhere good, but you were you were enjoying the ride. You were intrigued I guess, by the ride. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that is deliberate writing of the film, and the majority of it is not. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I just think it would have been a better film if he hadn't ended up with her. Yeah. It was like... Because there's a scene, which we will get to in the plot summary, mm-hmm. there's a scene where she shows up at his door mm-hmm. and has a conversation that ends in, I'm not going to sleep with you. Not now, not ever. Uh-huh. And then The, the boob scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he has a look on his face that in that scene, I was very much given the film the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I took that look to mean sort of like, oh, I'm hurt by that because you thought that that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. But then, oh, no, no, he was thinking that. That was, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a shame because up until... Yeah. It, could, it could have been like a like a really smart film that sort of subverted your expectations if like that was never his intention. Yeah. But no. It felt like it. someone in, in the making of this film decided, oh, no, but they have to end up together. Mm. I know it doesn't make any sense for these characters. Yeah. And there's, no re- there's no way she would make that decision. You know, why would she do that to herself? It's the, it's the bit towards the end when she's like, oh, why can't they just have a normal boyfriend? And I'm like, he's... And, and and he he says the words like boyfriend. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You're sixty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody nobody <laughs> at the age of sixty is anyone's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I mean, we, we, we'll probably touch this again on the plot. So, but then then her mum comes out and says, yeah, you'll 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 do no better. Yeah. This is good. This is as good as it yeah. gets. Like, yeah. In many ways, this is a very her, her, sad film. Her mum, who I looked up the actor, fifty nine at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She'll be more suitable to date him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that would have been a good compromise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. He get he gets laid. The kid gets to keep the medical. You know, Helen Hunt's free. <sighs> yes. God. In some ways, this film is a very sad film about a like a tragically lonely woman just being ground <laughs> down and nagged <laughs> so much yeah. that she ends up fancying sixty-year-old Jack Nicholson. Yeah. At his most gross and racist. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's because strange. because he gave her money. Because he gave. Because yeah. Because he gave. I mean, there are the dynamics in this film are problematic. Like, they, they talk about it though. <laughs> they do. They do. Like, oh, they do talk about it and they're open about it in many ways but yeah uh, yeah. i think would you agree that the acting is what saves this film in many ways i guess yeah Mm -hmm. i hadn't really thought about it because i didn't really find it to be stand out enough but uh yeah i guess i was quite sold on the characters yeah sure well i mean like i mean i I didn't get to the end of this film and think oh my god this needs all the oscars sure no 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 no, no. it didn't even cross my mind no it was like i said it's one of those films that just won oscars because you know they just got swept up on things yeah yeah it happens yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson, one of the all-time great movie stars. Mm-hmm. Whenever you talk about him, you just know he's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. He's going to make he's gonna, he's gonna make the worst character alive, which in many ways this character is. He's going to make him at least watchable. But. Yeah. Do you realize that I work at home? Uh, no, I wasn't aware. Do you like to be interrupted when you were nancing around in your little garden? No, no, I... Oh, I no. I actually will turn the ringer off of my phone and sometimes put a piece of card. Well, I work all the time. So never, never interrupt me, okay? Not if there's a fire. Not even if you hear the sound of a thud from my home. And one week later, there's a smell coming from there that can only be a decaying human body. And you have to hold a hanky to your face because the stench is so thick that you think you're going to faint. Even then, 
Don't come knocking. So, as good as it gets, released in 1997, mm. a massive, massive hit. It made over 150 million in America, I think, and probably about 300 million worldwide. Well, okay. Power of Jack Nicholson. As mentioned, it was nominated for many Oscars and it won for Best Actor, Best Actress, maybe Best Screenplay, possibly. No, no, no. Goodwill Hunting won Best Screenplay. It definitely, yeah, won, both, <laughs> it definitely won both the acting ones, beating out a lot of big stars. He beat Leonardo DiCaprio, she beat Kate Winslet. It was it was a big 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 success that year. Uh, so it stars Jack Nicholson as Melvin. I forget the surname, doesn't matter. But Melvin is a obsessive compulsive misanthropic racist sexist all the isms all the ists all the isms. Yeah. Uh, generally a not very pleasant man. No. Living in upstate New York in a big apartment building which he shares with Greg Kinnear mm-hmm. who is a shares part of the building right? he shares the building yeah they don't <laughs> live together they share they, they live in the same building yeah. uh, different apartments yeah uh, but Greg Kinnear is a, a gay mm-hmm. he's a 90s gay uh, <laughs> he's a 90s movie gay which means he never has sex and uh, mm-hmm. he just dresses flamboyantly and he has a cute little dog mm-hmm. and the film opens with the setting the scene of Jack Nicholson's character right away mm-hmm. uh, he is uh, pushing a cute little terrier down a garbage chute I mean, just to go back just a quick sec, d- did you want Greg Kinnear's character to have anything more in this film? I thought, no, not at all. I, I thought he had a very good character. I can no, just... he's perfectly fine. No, no, I'm just saying it's a very 90s, it's a very 90s gay character, that's all. Yeah. I'm not, which is not a bad thing. It's just, it, it, that's just what it is. Like, just to talk a... about people being gay but not showing it. Yeah, kind of. Just like, it's a straight actor playing gay to prove he can do range. He's so brave. Um, <laughs> Uh, and and yeah, he, his character is basically there to teach Jack Nicholson some valuable life lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's yeah. fine. He's, yeah. I, I'm not. I wasn't offended by it. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But yes, Jack Nicholson. The first scene, he's, he he catches Greg Kinnear's dog, mm-hmm. Verdell. Is mm-hmm. it Verdell? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I'd call it the dog. The dog. Yeah. And and to be fair, the dog is wandering around the apartment, and just peeing all over the walls. So I, yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, you should, you are justifiably annoyed by this. Yeah. I mean, he does then push the dog down the garbage chute, which is a bit extreme. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it sets up who this character is. Yeah. See, now, this is where the film first turned me off. Okay. Not because of... Um, the dog abuse. Not not Yeah, not specifically because of the dog abuse, but just the way the film framed it. Mm-hmm. Because from there, you just then hear the sound effects of the dog just, like, bouncing down the garbage chute mm-hmm. with little barks each yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely played for jokes. Oh, sure, yeah. And I, I was completely turned off by that. I was just like... No, no, I'm just laughing at this dog dying. <laughs> Did you really think the dog was dead? Well, I didn't think it had. It, it was going to fare particularly well, but sure. getting thrown down a garbage chute half from halfway up a skyscraper. True. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many fl- stories there were. It seemed like it was fine, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it almost felt cartoonish. The yeah, humor. a lot of this film was cartoonish. I mean, we get so many doggy reaction shots in this film. Like they it, were brilliant. It, yeah, they are. It, it's a very cartoonish film in that way. But yeah, it's a very, very well trained dog. It, it certainly was. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. But yes, uh, I agree. Like it would have been a much darker opening if it's like the next scene was Greg Kinnear being presented with his dog's corpse. Like yeah. we, we found your dog; it's dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrendously injured. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he he throws the dog down the garbage chute, and yes, it turns out that he is this obsessive compulsive guy who lives on his own, writes romance novels mm-hmm. inexplicably. Mm-hmm. I guess he has to have some way of making money without leaving the house. Yeah, but he doesn't get on with his neighbors at all. He, everyone hates him, and his only pleasure in life seems to be his daily visits to his local cafe or diner mm-hmm. where he sits in the same table every day eats with plastic cutlery mm-hmm. and racially abuses anyone who happens to be sitting at his table yeah 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 uh, and helen hunt is introduced as the waitress who works at this 
cafe. She's called Carol. Mm-hmm. And she seems to be the only one who kind of tolerates him. Yeah. Like everyone else hates him and she kind of tolerates him. I never understood why. No, it made her seem like a bad person. Yeah. Because he op- like he walks in and like abuses two Jews. Yeah. And he's, he like, really like hurls this hot, awful anti-Semitic abuse out. It's like, oh, your appetite's not as big as your nose then. Like mm. really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, And the cafe owner is like right that's it he's out he's barred i'm yeah. like yep hell yeah yeah he should be out and she's like no 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 no. it's all right give him another chance it's fine you know give him yeah. one more chance and then she's just kind of like well you know if you do that again you are gonna have to leave and you know and and, and then in in the same conversation i forget exactly how it comes up but then he says like your son's gonna die or something mm-hmm. well that was quite a strong moment it was, a very, from, it was a... from her reaction it's not like oh, she was just like oh whatever sure yeah nothing. totally but her reaction was was still not to say like get out no 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 true yeah. it was like I'll give you one more chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you got one more chance and, and, and then, and then you're out. But like you, you said that about five minutes ago when yeah. he just insulted those Jewish people. And I then th- he, and then he goes and insults them again on the way out. Yeah. I, I feel like Helen Hunt's character may be a secret racist <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of like, she's not going to abuse people herself, but she kind of gets a kick out of him being abusive to people. Yeah. And it brightens up her day, which is otherwise pretty boring. This yeah. is my theory. I don't know. Like, I'm sure that's not what the movie wants us to think, but that was my only explanation for why she tolerates him. Yeah. It's like, well, it's fun for me as a, as a white chick, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I'll, I'll listen to this <laughs> and then serve him some food. But yes, she serves in the same meal every day. And You know what's weird about it? Okay. Is that later on in the film, when Helen Hunt's no longer working there, yeah, and somebody kicks him out, and then the entire, the, the entire restaurant of people, they all burst into applause. Yeah. And he's only just walked in there in the scene, which means that everybody in that restaurant is also a regular, just like him. Sure. Which means that when he comes in and he, and he insults random people, he's insulting regulars. Maybe, yeah. Well, maybe... That Jewish couple who was sat on the table, you'd think the regulars, if they are all regulars, would know, okay, don't sit at Melvin's table because Melvin's going to abuse us. Yeah. So maybe like they will just walk in, but most people are used to his bullshit every day. Yeah, that sure. probably makes sense. So, yeah. God, people should put up with people like this. No, I agree. It's weird. Like, like it, it, it actually annoyed me like watching it. Just like, why, Helen Hunt, why are you putting up with him? Why are you letting, why, yeah. why are you forcing other people to put up with him? Did it give you like flashbacks to when you worked in a pub? Yeah. It's like how quickly you would have barbed this person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah, she seems to have some kind of soft spot for him anyway. But he does totally blow it when he makes this very unpleasant comment about her son. Because he's yeah. overheard her talking about her very sick son and how, how sweet he is and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, she makes some quip because he orders this ridiculously big breakfast. And mm-hmm. he's like, she's like, you keep it like that, you're going to die soon. He's like, well, your son's going to die first or something. And like, mm. just horrible. Yeah. And she really, and it's, it's, a, it's a good scene. Like she takes it very, you know, she really takes a moment and she's really like furious about it and she says mm-hmm. if you ever speak of my son again and it seems like he somewhat like takes it in he, yeah like, he, he heard wrong, he like, heard he hears yeah. it and he accepts it like he is very clearly being painted as being maybe autistic or i mean that it's the 90s they wouldn't really diagnose it but like it's clear that he's not you know he definitely has genuine psychological mm-hmm. issues like so he i think jack nicholson plays that quite well as well where it's not just like he's just walking around being mean to people like mm-hmm. he the way he physically plays the character where like when he is insulted he kind of goes in on himself and he starts like mm-hmm. going very his, his body language becomes very introverted and he yeah. he doesn't make eye contact or anything so you can tell that he's like not really able to process it but he kind of on some level knows he's done something wrong basically mm-hmm. yeah so she gives him this big dressing down but she does ultimately give him his meal yeah but then he clearly feels a little bit guilty and the next time he's in he asks her some sincere questions he's like what is actually wrong with your son yeah and uh, and then they sl- they have a slight little bond over that like she says look he's got terrible terrible asthma because it's new york city mm-hmm. 
we don't have any medical insurance, so he's dealing with terrible doctors and mm-hmm. nobody knows what, what to help him with. And he's we have to go to the emergency room like eight times a month or something. So like she yeah. just opens up to him a little bit and uh, yeah, and that establishes their relationship a little bit. So that's that. That's the one plot line that they've got running through. And mm-hmm. the other plot line is his relationship with his gay neighbor mm-hmm. played by Greg Kinnear, mm-hmm. who's like an artist. And so he's the owner of this dog that gets flushed down the chute. Mm-hmm. And then the dog is rescued by the janitor at yep. a certain point while Greg Kinnear is having an art show in his um, in his apartment. Mm-hmm. Did you notice his shirt <laughs> and how ridiculous it was? Or the lack of? Lack of yeah, it was like <laughs> this purple blouse that like went right down to his belly button. It was, yeah. like, it was, so <laughs> it was such like, oh, this is how like straight directors thought gay people dressed in the 90s. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we'll just make him wear these ridiculous clothes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he gets his dog back and he immediately figures out that, of course, it must have been Melvin who shot him down the garbage chutes. Yeah. So he kind of goes to confront him and then Melvin is horribly homophobic to him and just mm-hmm. abuses him back. And, but then his agent boyfriend? Friend, yeah. This I un- was, undefined relationship? This was... What, what on earth was this? I'm, I think just friend. I think just like friend slash business partner or like manager. Whatever. Yeah, I think it was like agent who is just a bit too close. Yeah. But... Like, as the film kind of went on, I didn't get the impression that, that they'd ever had, like, a physical relationship. No, certainly not, no. Um, yeah, it was weird. Mm. Yeah, there were a lot of characters in this one. I was like, well, I'm enjoying you, but I don't know who you are to the other characters. Yeah. Because, like, Yardley Smith, Lisa Simpson yeah. as well. I was like, I'm enjoying your performance. You're a lot of fun in this, but what's your relationship to these characters? And then she disappears. <laughs> and then she just vanishes. Yeah. <laughs> she had a voiceover to do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I thought that she was like his sister or something. Like, I thought that she was going to be somebody like close to him. Yeah, and, I thought like, she's a around, but she... Unclear. Yeah. Unclear. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Mm. But these are the two people closest to him. So that yeah. when he. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Yardley Smith. Yeah. yeah. So that when he has his unfortunate incident, mm-hmm. they're the two people in hospital who are like. Yeah, here's the mirror. Look at your face. Yeah. So another scene which I thought was terribly directed. I thought that scene was quite fun though. Yeah, but it shouldn't have been fun. (laughs) (laughs) The scene finishes with this guy who's got completely mashed up face. He looks in the mirror and says, "Oh, where did I go?" Yeah. Like it's a really hard hitting thing, and then this is a common thing in this film Mm. that it gets to like a big emotional scene and then it cuts. Just a bit too soon. Sure, it and this really this, this was one of them. It didn't it didn't linger on the scene when it got sad that like mm. he's sad about his face being ruined. Yeah, well, I think this film is very much a comedy, and that but it's a comedy with like dramatic elements. Yeah, but I feel like the director was like, oh, can't get too real. Like you know, we'll we'll go there and then we'll pull it straight back again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't always work. It, it definitely like there are moments when the balance, the tonal balance shifts a little bit too far one way or the other. Yeah, but I know what you mean. But yes, so. Greg Kinnear is having an art show and his agent friend, whatever, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. Uh, and he actually, where after Melvin insults Greg Kinnear, Cuba Gooding Jr. kind of grabs him and, and gives him a big dressing down and threatens him and says, look, you're going to find a way to repay him and you're not going to treat him like this anymore. Yes. Clearly he's been a horrible neighbor for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that all happens. And then a few days later, Greg Kinnear's character is brutally brutally beaten mm-hmm. and robbed by uh half the cast of scream <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that because you've, you've watched Scream yeah, recently, yeah, right? yeah. yeah like um it's skeet ulrich who plays mm-hmm. the killer and jamie kennedy who plays the friend um, i didn't remember jamie kennedy being in it but yeah the first scream he's I, the, I, I, I don't remember who jamie kennedy is he's the redhead in scream he's the one who like knows all about the movies he's like the one who he's like the, the character who keeps breaking the fourth wall right okay and he was also oh, yeah, one of the, yeah. he was yeah. also one of the rent boys in this. 
Yeah. I just thought it was weird that it was both of them and it's 1997, which I'm pretty sure is the year that Scream was shot. Was it like, were they just both like in town that day, but they weren't shooting Scream? So, oh, we'll, we'll do a cameo in Good As It Gets while we're, I guess, while we're yeah. here. Well, yeah. But they must have been on the same lot or something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so they are, again, just strange plotting. So Greg Kinnear's character is he's an artist and he paints a lot of like li- life, like what's it, what's it called? Life. People. People, yes. No, no, it, it's a <laughs> life drawing. It's a specific kind of, sure. pe- of art. He does a lot of life drawing. Yeah. And he needs models all the time. And so there's a weird scene where he's his agent, I guess. Uh, rather than hire any of the thousands of out-of-work actors who would have been floating around New York <laughs> at any given time, mm-hmm. he just hires some meth heads or some rent boys. Pretty or much, yeah. Some, I, don't, I don't know what they were supposed to be, but they were clearly unsavory characters. Yeah. And he, he hires uh, Skeetle Rich to go around to visit him the next day mm-hmm. and to pose as a as a model and then Greg Kinnear draws him but while he's drawing him it's all a distraction so the other two criminals mm-hmm. could break into the flat and steal everything yeah. but then he interrupts them the dog's no fucking help yeah. and uh, not for the not for the last time the dog is no help <laughs> and uh, he gets beaten with an inch of his life yeah. and uh, he's horribly horribly beaten left for dead and then we see, I think Melvin calls the ambulance I think we find out but like off screen mm-hmm. and then he ends up in the hospital Greg Kinnear uh, and then the scene you were talking about where Yardley Smith shows up mm. and uh, is just like, don't look, don't look. And just like, yeah, worst like, bedside manner ever. And like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s reaction to his face. Yeah. It's it's entirely comedic. Mm. And it just didn't land for me at all. I don't mean because he's been horribly beaten up. Because yeah. like the film isn't, it's not a straight comedy. No. It's like not. it's it's got a lot more drama to it and it already mm. does have a lot more drama to it. I mean, you see him getting beaten up to within an inch of his life. Yeah. And then you see his face afterwards mm. and it is not nice to look at. No, true. Yeah. And Cuba Gooding Jr.'s reaction to it is just... Yeah. I don't know, it really didn't land with me and I feel mm. like it ruined the whole scene. And Yardley Smith wasn't much better. No. I can see what you mean. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the, it's, a, it's a hard line to and walk. And like so, some of the jokes... They were funny. Yeah. When she was like, oh, I think I've got a smaller mirror, actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it is a funny joke, but at the same time, it's like, mm. no, nah, this guy's... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I quite enjoyed it just because of the terrible bedside manner of it all. Like, you're right, yeah. it, is, it is coming from a very sad scene and he's always been... I mean, at this point, I think I was also confused as to who these people were. Yeah. Sure. And I had it in my head that like, oh, that's like his sister or something and that's mm. his boyfriend. I was yeah. like, why are his sister and boyfriend reacting like this? <laughs> What, is it better that it's his agent and his accountant? It's not a lot better. No, sure. <laughs> How you doing, great one? I haven't looked at myself yet. I figured I could tell from your reaction. That bad, huh? Okay. I talked to the doctor and... Oh, shit. Ah. Okay, it's, it's not that bad. I talked to the doctors and they say you're gonna be your old self in a couple of weeks. I mean, the scars here might take a look. Oh, shit! Oh, Anyway, so he's been horribly beaten up and he needs some time to recuperate. And so while he's recuperating, he needs somebody to look after his dog. Yeah. And so Cuba Gooding Jr. decides in all of his wisdom that the way that Melvin is gonna pay Greg Kinnear back for our bad bad of a neighbor he's been mm-hmm. is that he is gonna now look after the dog yeah so he gets the dog kind of forced upon him mm-hmm. uh, and then we get some quite sweet scenes of him basically falling in love with the dog mm-hmm. and the dog melts his cold cold heart yeah seemingly overnight yeah and like when that happens um when when, when that story first starts i'm like oh so this is the film so we set yes. him up as like scrooge and then the dog's gonna show him like how to be a good person again and mm. and stuff like that nope 
Yeah, it just fast forwards. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 skips over that completely, and he's not much better. He just he he likes a dog. He's now. just a horrible man who likes dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah. It's not really a huge journey. For no. him. Yeah. I agree. The, sh- the the real love story should have been him and the dog. That yeah. would have been much more compelling. But, yeah, yeah. But he does fall in love with the dog. But then Greg Kinnear gets better again and takes the dog back, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Melvin is very upset by that and you know, he keeps it to himself but he goes back and he's feeling really glum and he has a bit of a cry in his apartment mm-hmm. uh, and then to make himself feel better he goes to the cafe again is the, the diner but Helen Hunt is not there yeah she's not working that day and that upsets him even more because he's already having a bad day so mm-hmm. he abuses well you've not yet mentioned that um he's got OCD Oh, I thought that was implied. Yeah, he he's very much has OCD yeah so yeah. he needs he always needs things to be the same so the fact that she's not there is also it, it, it disorients her and it makes him uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And the, the new waitress doesn't understand why he uses plastic cutlery. So she says all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And then he just says some horrible things about her. I think he calls it elephant girl or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's very abusive to her and he ends up shouting. And then the, the restaurant owner finally just kick bars him out. Mm-hmm. And that's the scene that you mentioned earlier where basically he gets kicked out and the entire restaurant gives him <laughs> like standing ovation of him being kicked <laughs> out, like just applauds and cheers. Like, yeah. So clearly he's just the most hated man in this restaurant, in this yeah. community, basically. But he bribes one of the diner staff to tell him what Helen Hunt's surname is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he finds her home address and basically goes to her apartments and says, um, I need you to cook for me because the restaurant won't. And yeah, she, is, she is understandably horrified <laughs> by this new development, mm-hmm. you know, um, kicks him out tells him to go away after he, he i think he says something to his, his son and she's like no 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 this is too weird go away i'm not yeah. having this whatsoever yeah so yeah oh we, we didn't talk about helen hunt's life i guess so so she's got this sick son mm-hmm. and then there's a scene early on where she um it exta- establishes that she's not had a boyfriend or a partner for a long time mm-hmm. and she goes on this date the first date she's been on in ages for some reason I guess they go out for some drinks or whatever you would do on a first date, but then they, for some reason, they go back to her place, which I think was go out to his. clearly the mistake, unless yeah. his place has got a wife in it or something. Yeah. Like that was like my only explanation. Mm. They go back to her place where her mother is literally in the next room mm-hmm. listening to music. So she doesn't hear them having sex. It's a tiny little New York apartment. Mm-hmm. And then the son wakes up and has like a coughing and vomiting fit. And yeah. uh, she goes and like helps him and, you know, gets a bucket for him. And then mm-hmm. she's got vomit all over her. And then she ends up accidentally putting vomit on the boyfriend and mm-hmm. the boyfriend's like, Nope, this is too real. It's a Friday night. I can't yeah. deal with this. Yeah. Taxi leaves. So this has established her deep, deep loneliness. Yeah. So anyway, so then Melvin turns up at the house, she kicks him out and then her son has some kind of asthma episode or attack mm-hmm. or something where she has to race him to the hospital. So she ends up jumping in a taxi with Melvin to get to the hospital. Mm. And this kind of gives him an idea because it, he realizes that her entire life is her son. Mm-hmm. And as long as she's looking after him, she'll never go back to the job or she'll never give the job yeah. her full attention. Yeah. So without asking her, he then using his book money and his connections, I guess. Using he, his white male privilege. Using his white male privilege, absolutely. He pays for proper medical care for her son. So yeah. a doctor just turns up at the house and just diagnoses him, gives him some blood tests, mm-hmm. gives her his home number. So he's going to get fully taken care of now. Mm-hmm. And she's overwhelmed with gratitude, but she's also very apprehensive because she's like, what does he want from all this? Yeah. And she's very scared that what he wants might be sex. Yeah. And I thought this was a really good dynamic. Yeah. If she doesn't end up having sex with him at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it really ruins it. Yeah. It really so ruins it. Mm. But yes, it, at this point in the film, she's horrified by that notion as she well should be. Mm. <laughs> and so she goes around to his apartment in the, in the middle of the night. And uh, well, she gets, this is probably one of the most 
scene that's used in clips most often. Mm -hmm. She walks through New York in the rain in like a tiny little blouse or whatever you'd call that little mm -hmm. little t-shirt yeah. tank top thing and it's the middle of the night and then she knocks on his door and by the time she knocks on his door her shirt is translucent yes it's transparent it's just her boobs yep. are just it's basically she's basically topless like yeah and then she knocks on the door and then he answers and she realizes that her boobs are just like are just there mm -hmm. so then she goes oh my god and then she mm -hmm. just, yeah. it was good physical comedy but i was like come on you live in new york you yeah know. It, it it didn't land for me at i'm all. sure I, no woman at this point i just felt really sorry for helen hunt yeah for that for having to do that scene yeah yeah, yeah sure yeah because like this this isn't rewarding i know it, it, like i guess that she got an oscar yeah sure <laughs> for this <Prop> specific <laughs> scene who knows yeah um but like this no this yeah you can imagine them it, it felt unrealistic Yes, well, so I don't, I, and I'm very degrading. Yeah, I, I've not lived my life with boobs, but I would imagine that most women would pretty much know straight away that you know what, I'm not going to go out in the rain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm told it's pretty much like putting on trousers. Yeah, like that. that that's how natural it is to put. On you just, a bra. you just, yeah, you, you wouldn't just. Oh my god, I forgot, and now, oh my god, my boobs are showing. You'd know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure, that's what I expected. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, and I you can, definitely wouldn't get like all the way across New York. That's what I mean. You would, yeah, she would have picked up on what was happening yeah. sooner. I, I, I've, I've left the house while still wearing slippers before. Mm -hmm. That's probably the, the, the closest I've got. How far did you get? Uh, to the shop. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, slippers are, so, as, long, as long as you've not been like, yeah, like hard, hard sole slippers. Like it's not, yeah, no, no, not, you've, not you've walked to like, the shop in, in your boxer shorts. Or anything, yeah, like, yeah. But it would be like, yeah, me going to the shop and then realizing I'm not wearing trousers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, and I was I was the same. I was kind of imagining like the the table read that day. Like, okay, so mm. oh, what, am I do what are you doing today, Helen? Well, you've got a great scene today, great physical comedy scene for you. So you're gonna be topless. Yeah. Wet t-shirt in the rain. Yeah. Like, oh great, it's this movie. Yeah. But anyway, they have this whole confrontation. Why wasn't she wearing like any any anything on top of her t-shirt as well? We yeah. talked about underneath, but well, yeah, she's, that's what I mean. she's on top. Like, she's lived in New York for it's years. A, it's a cold, rainy New York evening. Yeah. Put, put on a a, coat, like, a, yeah. at least a jumper and yeah. a coat and probably have an umbrella with you. Yeah. But then you wouldn't have had that amazing scene. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. You wouldn't have seen Helen Hunt's boobs. So, you know. Great. Yeah. I feel so much better for seeing Helen Hunt's boobs. Great. I knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, so she comes around, she goes around to Melvin's apartment and she says, look, I'm very, very grateful. You've changed my life. I cannot thank you enough, but I will never have sex with you mm -hmm. in a million years ever never gonna happen mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. and he's like okay <laughs> he's obviously quite hurt but he well, accepts yeah I, th it. I thought you looked quite hurt by that yeah, yeah no he was he obviously is hurt but he accepts it and mm -hmm. he he says he makes a joke out of it and then she she leaves mm -hmm. and that's that but then he apparently this sets something off in him where he decides that he needs to make some changes to his life mm -hmm. uh at the same time greg kinnear's character finds out that he as a result of his accident because he hasn't been able to work and because his last show apparently didn't go over, over very well, mm. he's now bankrupt. Yeah. And so he has to, in, or, in order to save himself from losing his apartment and losing everything in his life, he has to ask his parents to get, lend him some money. And yeah. he's like, like all movie gays, he's not spoken to his parents in like 20 years. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a big thing for him. So he has to take a road trip to Baltimore, which is where his parents live. And, Melvin agrees to drive him. So at this point, I, I, I got a bit excited. I was like, oh, it's turned into a road trip movie. Yeah. And so I just, out of interest, I just looked up like New York to Baltimore. Like, how long is that? Like, expecting like opposite end of the country. Mm. It's going to be like a two week journey for them. The car's going to break down. They're sure. Gonna, 
get lost in a dodgy bar. That's you know classic road, road trip, trip stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a four and a half hour drive. Oh, that's not very exciting. Three and a half hours if you, if you pay for tolls. That's very, very exciting. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a road trip. I didn't realise that. You could have got the train. Yeah. Why, even bring, why even bring Melvin then? Why bring yeah. three people? Because it ends up with the three of them on a road trip. It's So Melvin agrees to take Greg Kinnear, but he also pressures Helen Hunt into coming as well. Mm, yeah. um, so they can, the three of them can have a road trip. So they all drive off to Baltimore, I guess, for four hours. I mm-hmm. assumed it was more as well, to be honest. That's really changed things for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Because they, they stay overnight. They get out of a hotel. Like, you could do that. Yeah. You could do a round trip. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a, that'd be a rough day. It'd be a rough day, but you could do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But whatever. They go to Baltimore, the three of them. Um, <laughs> bit of a car journey. Helen Hunt, who's never met Greg Kinnear before, but they mm. they hit it off, mm-hmm. you know, obviously as friends, platonically, yeah. but they connect and they both share their kind of sad life stories and mm-hmm. stuff in there. Melvin's just in the back, just shouting abuse and being inappropriate. But uh, yeah, they they seem to connect quite well. The film didn't lean into enough uh, that Melvin made an amazing soundtrack for the road trip. He did, yes. And they didn't do anything with it. I think it was just to show that he had this like upset. Well, it was to show he was obsessive compulsive, but also I was like, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, but like you can have a really good, really good time with it. Yeah, I love making playlists. They play all of two tracks. Yeah, you're right. They could have like made more of like what the songs he chose were. Yeah, he chose YMCA and then some like y- YMCA as a joke for as like a joke a few, for like a few seconds and yeah. like sure yeah whatever yeah. and then yeah it just goes on to random shit. Yeah, no, you're right. They could have made the whole road trip got really skimmed over to be honest. They never. They, it's not a long trip. No, they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they don't really spend a lot of time on the on the road ex- adventures, which I would have I would have enjoyed as well. Yeah, but anyway, they get to Baltimore after four whole hours. Mm-hmm. And then Helen Hunt's... Ca- they're all staying in like a hotel or a motel, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Helen Hunt gets a phone call from her mother who says that her son's playing... Like, he's already so much better in like 24 hours. Mm. Just having a doctor. Now he can play football. He's, he short, scored a goal and he's mm-hmm. running around. And so she's obviously super happy. God, this th- th- this is not the first time that the film completely overlooks how some sort of a an illness or a disability can just get like miraculously cured. Oh, sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is the point where I found the movie like lost me. Like the first hour, I really liked it. When when it hit the road trip, and suddenly the whole movie just became about how Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson were going to get together. Yeah, I lost a lot of interest. Yeah, but that's where we are right now. So we just need to power through it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she gets this phone call that her son's doing really well. So she's in an amazing mood. She's like, "Right, fellas, take me out. Mm. I want to go out on the town tonight." Yeah, and Greg Kinnear's like, "No, I'm still." recovering from my beating and I mm-hmm. don't feel very good about myself and I need to mm-hmm. see my parents tomorrow. So it's just her and Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them go out on a date. Well, first of all, he takes a really long shower. He does. Well, he's, yeah, like, he's OCD. But, yeah, you know. because of his OCD. And at this point, I'm thinking like, oh, that's sad. She's, she's not going to get to go out because he needs to shower for like six hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like just to be like, he's finally going to be ready and everywhere's going to be closed. Sure. And that's going to be really sad that like the one time she really wants to have like happy time mm. she can't because now that she's not sad the people around her are sad sure yeah but it doesn't go there and so they just he has a really long shower for no reason yeah well it's just to show that's his character i guess but i, I guess, guess but like, like it doesn't add anything to the film no no it's just a, a late night city i don't know what to tell you but yeah mm. but they go for a meal in some restaurant uh, and then he insults her mm. and then he compliments her and then he insults her again well no she asks him for this is very important she yeah. asks him for a compliment yeah because he's insulted her yeah because basically the restaurant they go to, it only allows men in suits. Mm-hmm. And so he has to go and like buy a suit from like a, a midnight suit store. Oh. It seems late. Yeah. Why is that store open? Don't know. 
for ju- just for people like him, I guess. Maybe, and maybe, maybe it's like twinned with the restaurant and it's like a, yeah. you know, it's a complimentary business model. Yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, so he, he goes and buys a tuxedo or you know, a suit anyway, a shirt and jacket. And then he sits down and he says something like really obliviously rude, like, well, I don't know why I had to buy a tuxedo while you can get in here in a house, a house dress, I think he says, mm-hmm. you know. And she's very upset by that. And she's like, look, pay me a compliment right now or I'm leaving because mm-hmm. that was really hurtful. Yeah. Uh, and he gives her this quite, well, he gives her the, the quote of the movie, com- you know, the class, you know, it's your rom-com, so this is where the quote of the movie is going to be. Mm. The trailer quote, which is, you make me want to be a better man. Yeah. Yeah. So he says that to her and she's overwhelmed. She kisses him. She is, is she, is she overwhelmed by that? I mean, she, I, she kisses him. I, actually, yeah, I guess that that is definitely, that's the definition. Like she's. It's the turning point. Yeah. I think for their relationship. But it's such a shit compliment. Yeah, I think she, that's what I mean. Like, I, I think it's, it's just because the whole build up to it and the compliment itself, it was all about him. Yes. It, like you, you'll notice it from here on out that all the compliments he gives are all him talking about himself. Yes, uh, that's what. That's why this is very is, deliberate, and that's the good writing of this film. Yeah, but it's also why this film is desperately sad because she just ends up with this guy who's like not really. Think what's her character arc in this? At no point does she. She doesn't end this movie in a better place than she started it, apart from that her son is, I guess her son's healthy. But I I mean, like, it's not like she's like, you know what, maybe I don't want to be a waitress anymore. Maybe I can go and live my dream. It's Mm. like, it's just like, oh, she's got a boyfriend now who's not a very nice man, but is bankrolling her. So Mm -hmm. I guess she's fine. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's all through his his prism of his happiness, basically. Yeah. So it it is, yeah, it's weird and and unsettling. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so he gives her this amazing compliment and then she kisses him. And then he says something even worse. He says, I, I actually brought you here because I thought maybe you had sex with Greg Kinnear. Remember, you, you two could get together. Mm-hmm. He has this weird twisted logic that maybe Greg Kinnear's just not met the right woman yet. And mm-hmm. maybe that'll... Which I guess is quite selfless in its twisted way, cause considering he clearly likes her. I guess, yeah. Well, I'm reaching. See, so so at, at, at this point, what he kind of like means the best for them. Like he's like, you need a man... And he needs to he needs to find himself a good woman and yeah and I think that's his logic yeah we're supposed to believe yeah yeah I can I, uh, somewhat, yeah you know yeah it's, it's like yeah he's not malicious I, I, he's I, just I, I, I can see how that's kind of selfless yeah it's in, not great in, in the horrific in the most horrifically misguided way it, possible in true yeah <laughs> but that's I think that's what the film is trying to tell us yeah is that like he, what he's trying to do is on paper quite noble but obviously it's just executed incredibly poorly. Mm. So she's unbelievably offended by that. She's like, because he's basically tried to pimp her out to a gay guy, which is not flattering for any woman, you know. No. So she storms out the restaurant, storms back to the hotel, just rants and raves at Greg Kinnear, and he's like, she get, has a shower or a bath or whatever, gets mm. naked. Doesn't close the door, of course, because you know, because he's gay, so he cares, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's, sure. the, that's the attitude of the movie. That's not what might. No. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, but she he he sees her naked and is like i have to draw you yeah it's the first time he's drawn anyone for like since the accident so mm-hmm. this is his redemption arc i guess it's mm-hmm. him rediscovering his passion for drawing mm. yeah i found it really fascinating that this movie competed against titanic in the oscars came out about the same time <laughs> think about that yeah and it's yeah. like battle of the draw me like your french girls yeah like, lots of clearly which titanic won given that's got the name of yeah sure <laughs> but yeah it's like it's like hand sketching naked ladies was a big player in the Oscars in 1997. That was like a big trend for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Great. But Greg Kinnear, he sketches Helen Hunt. He, he does his life drawing of her. They stay up all night. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not Literally just the one, all night. It's not just the one drawing. He draws her over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. If I was her, I'd be like, hmm? 
Like, I do, I'll, st- I'll sit for one, but this is starting to feel a bit intrusive. But I mean, he's paying her in compliments. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, like, and, like he's and she's starved of those. So yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so she's just, she's having a great time. Yeah, true. Like, he's just making her feel like the most beautiful thing that's ever been, so... Mm. I wanted, I wanted, this isn't one of my sequel pictures, but I wanted some scenes of this just like after the events of this movie, just Helen Hunt getting a therapist and talking through all these issues <laughs> and that being a movie, just like talking about <laughs> Helen Hunt's like desperate need for approval yeah. from an old racist and a gay guy. And the only people she can find to pay her a compliment yeah. and she just throws herself at them because she's so desperate for, for like <laughs> any kind of validation. Like. I really liked her and Greg Kinnear's relationship. Yeah, it was sweet. It was nice. Yeah. I thought it was it, it was just so well matched, and like you could just see that like these two are just going to be best friends for life. Yeah. From I here think on that she because like, think... they're both going through something very major at the time. Yeah, and they're all that each other have. Yeah. them and this horrible old man. That's it. She's incredibly who's, go- who's, who's going to die at some point yeah. soon, and they're going to live longer. That's it. She lives in New. That's the thing. She she lives in New York. She's single. She can't get a man, and she's incredibly lonely. Mm. She needs a gay best friend. Yeah, like that is what she needs that's what you do yeah. and she obviously at this point has not found her gay best friend and maybe this is it and maybe he needs his fag hag you know he needs his you know, <laughs> his what sorry his fag hag that's a, not the most politically correct term but that's what you <laughs> wow. call it. have you never have you heard that before no i've not heard that before okay yeah he, well he needs his female yeah he needs his female buddy mm-hmm. so yeah and i guess yeah you can see how they're gonna have a, a good friendship moving forward they're good for each other yep. not romantically but obviously yep despite jack nicholson's best intentions but <laughs> as friends it's a good match so they connect. I did like the um, double entendre that they made um, after after that night when like Jack Nicholson comes back, and then they're just talking. They're, they're talking about how they both sort of had a lot of relief yes. after, after last night from like you know getting loads of compliments and drawing and just like God, I really had that built up inside me. I needed to get that one out. Yeah, and just kind of making it look like they'd had sex, even though like they very clearly, clearly had not. Yeah, yeah, not that they were trying to trick him or anything, but just no, like, they were just. They, it, it looked like they were intentionally teasing him. Probably, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I really enjoyed. Did you have sex with her? Okay, so you sure you don't want your shampoos or anything? Sorry. I didn't know she was still here. Did you have sex with her? To hell with sex. It was better than sex. We held each other. What I need, he gave me great. I'll get dressed in a hurry. Just love her. So, ultimately, Greg Kinnear decides not to visit his parents because he's now had this moment of like realization that he rediscovered his passion. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to go beg my homophobic parents mm-hmm. for money. I'm just going to strike out on my own. I'm going to make this work. Whatever. Yeah. So they all go back to New York again. He moves in with Melvin, I guess. Which yeah, yeah. Like I guess any port in a storm. But again, like. What's Cuba Gooding Jr. doing? What's Yardley Smith doing? Does he not have... Also, who was looking after the dog? Yeah, the, the dog does disappear in this movie. Because I was like... And nobody mentions it. Yeah, because the whole point... And, of, and, and that's, a, that's a big It's a big plot, plot point, point that oh, none of... Nobody apart from Jack Nicholson will look after the dog Yeah. for the first hour, which is why he gets the dog. Yeah. But then for the second hour, I guess anyone can have the dog. Yeah. Someone takes it. I don't even know. Yeah. But anyway, they go back to New York, the three of them. Mm-hmm. Helen Hunt is like, look, this is to jack nicholson she's just like look this is not a healthy relationship for me at all and mm. you know you make me feel so bad about myself i'm still very grateful that you saved my son's life but i never want to see you again yeah so then she leaves uh, and then he feels kind of down about it but him and greg Kinnear have kind of a heart to heart and then he ends up going around to helen hunt's house in the middle of the night and declaring his undying love for her i guess yeah 
Uh, and then she's like, well, like we said earlier, she gives that whole speech like, you know, why can't I have a normal boyfriend? And the mum just negs us like, look, this is as good as it's going to get. This is as, well, she, she doesn't quote the movie that happened earlier, but like, yeah. she's like, there's no such thing as the perfect boyfriend. And I'm like, that's true. There is no such thing as the perfect boyfriend, mm. but the, 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 this, this is, is better a, than this. This is the lowest bar. This is really, yeah, you can do, Helen Hunt, you can do better than this. Yeah. Really, you can. Yeah. But uh, no, she she takes it mm-hmm. and she they go on a walk together and uh, have a little heart to heart and they have a big kiss and then the movie ends. It, kinda, it, it really feels like the movie was like, oh shit, we're going over two hours. Wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. I like how disgusted she looked by his kiss. Yes, that's what I mean. That, that, that felt like a lot of payoff for me. Just like, Oh, I'd like, well, no, not, not pay off the wrong word. It's more of like, was this, was this scripted? That was she that was supposed Helen to be that disgusted resist. look? Yeah. Or was that Helen Hunt? Just like, oh, I don't know. She's just not that good of an actress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very possible. Yeah. Oh God. It is weird. Yeah. Why does it always seem to happen in Jack Nicholson movies that like, he's a romantic interest? Because he's Jack Nicholson. He's not sexy. No, but even that, though she nearly says you're so sexy, yeah, he's not sexy. No, he's not. But that is his. Like, what was that film we watched a few years ago? Wolf with like Michelle Pfeiffer. We've and... done Wolf and we've done Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, yeah, we've done The Shining as well. But that, that he wasn't it, supposed to be sexy. It, in that, there's, there's nothing romantic in that. No, but yeah, like the Witches of Eastwick, Cher says he smells. Yeah, because he looks well, like I, he does. Well, I think that's Jack Nicholson's whole appeal. It's not that he's like Brad Pitt. He's he's never been Brad Pitt. He's mm. never been someone who looks like oh my god, this is like the perfection of male form, whatever. Yeah. It's more like he's the guy who you really don't want to fancy, but but against your better judgment, you just do. And we've all had that guy or girl, you know, there's always been that you, I shouldn't fancy them, but there's just something about them. And as much as you hate it, as much as you know, it's wrong. Yeah. It's there and you can't fight it. I yeah. think that's, his, I think that's his, I think he just looks like a guy who's probably good in bed. Not in this film. Cause he's like old, but <laughs> well, no, he did. But like it is, it is earlier stuff. He's never like, your traditional leading man yeah but i think he just looks like he'd ruin you yeah God, sorry, i'm sorry but he does <sighs> you asked you asked the question i'm not quite sure i did <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i specifically said what do women see in him well i think that's what it is that's that's my best guess yes yeah he's the better rough he's a better rough mm-hmm. yeah so but at this point, he's just an old man. And I, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not, it, she can definitely do better. It's, it's yeah. yeah. Anyway. So yes, that's the end of the film. They get together. They have a snog. He's, oh, the film ends with him stepping on a crack and not realizing and then looking at it and going like, oh, I guess I'm cured from my OCD. Love has cured me. <sighs> yeah. It's not yeah. the best ending. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause love can just cure. Love just cures all yes, sure. That, that's what, that's what Hollywood has taught us. Yeah. Just yeah. get yourself a young girl. That'll, that'll, sort, that'll you out. sort everything. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hollywood. Woohoo. I never said this was like a progressive movie. <laughs> no, you didn't. You said, why did I pick this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not sure, but at least, we, at least we both enjoyed most of it. Yeah. In, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Oh God, this film was really something. It was something, yeah. It was, it was, it was a, definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So drinking games. Yes. Okay. Do you want to start? <clears throat> sure. First one I got, you might have had this too. Drink for any kind of white male privilege. Sure. Okay. Because there's... Do you want to point some out some white male privilege in this movie? The fact that he can just bail out his friends. True. Or, I mean, or not even friends, just like he can make people like like him just by paying for things for them. That is true. Yeah, well, he, he definitely has that 90s movie lead actor thing of just having loads of money from some undefined... Yeah. Yeah. The, money is no object to him, even yeah. though it's obviously an object for the other two characters. But Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. He, here's the straight white male, so he has money. He's just like yeah. writing all these mysterious romance novels that make him a fortune. Another example, being horrible to everybody, especially mm. minorities, and completely getting away with it. True. I did think at a certain point, like when he's in the restaurant, he's being horribly rude to people. And he just mm. He's getting away with it. I was like, would this play out the same if this character was black? I don't think it would. No, no, <laughs> no it, it wouldn't. Would. It very much would not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He certainly has a lot of white male privilege. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, I had um, very similar to that. I, I had drink for homophobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, or any other <laughs> ism or, or you know, or or yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, just anytime he just says something unbelievably foul and uh, yeah, yeah, and we, we have to forgive him because <laughs> he's charmingly Jack Nicholson. But uh, I didn't think he was charming in this at no, all. No. Well, I mean, I think I, I mean, just imagine if it wasn't Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Imagine how unlikable that character would be. Well, it depends who it would be and who and, and how they were playing it. I don't find Jenkinson that that charming or charismatic. I find him a good actor. Yeah. Okay, but but I don't find him like super watchable. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I don't know that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's one of the few people who could play this character and make it somewhat work. Like, yeah. I mean, I can think of loads who who certainly couldn't make this work. Yes. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's he's one of the few people who can play this actor because play this character because I know him as a good actor. So he's I feel like you give him a bit of a pass. He he's kind of earned a bit of like leeway. Yeah, a, yeah. a, a bit of leeway with it, and then also he can pass for this because he is an old white man. Yes. <laughs> um. So like, you're right. If 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 it was a black actor playing this role, it certainly wouldn't have worked. No. Because everything would have felt completely unrealistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some of the things he says in this movie, he really goes in. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the comment the Jewish characters was, yeah, that was really, I think that, that might be the, I mean, first the homophobia all, f- is. F- first of all, he describes Cuba Gooding Jr. as, I think, darkest thick molasses. That, oh, yes. There's that. Yes. He calls him the colored guy. And yeah. then he says, then Greg Kinnear's like, what color do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like dark as fit molasses, yeah. And then he, he also calls Greg Kinnear a fudge packer. Mm-hmm. And then he yeah, and then he calls the Jewish characters he well, he goes to Helen Hunt saying there's Jews at my table and then mm-hmm. he says, What your appetite's not as big as your nose and it's just there's just lots of it. It's just mm-hmm. very unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. But that's his character, so you know. Yeah, I know, but I don't know, the way you're saying that makes it sound like it's being forgiven. No, I'm not forgiving it, I'm just observing like it. it, it. I didn't. I didn't find any kind of like enjoyment or satisfaction out of watching those bits. It was just like, oh, I'm just. I feel like I'm just spending time around a, a, an old racist white man. True, and there's and never any redemption for that part of it. It's like no, not at all. That yeah, that's that's the big problem with it. Because mm. if it was that like the dog sort of win, wins him over and yeah. turns him into a good person, then he sort of undoes all his ways and he goes back to the restaurant and apologizes to the yeah. Jewish people and I guess he does anything like that. But I guess he befriends Greg Kinnear. If you're going to be generous, you could say that he does befriend Greg Kinnear. And he, he, he still says, like, very inappropriate films, things to him. For, I'd, say, I'd say, like, yeah, to give the benefit of the doubt, he does befriend these two people. Yeah. Um, like, there's a scene... And, and Greg near... Kinnear is from a kind of selfless... Yeah. Um, a, a, a selfless way. But I think the dog th- brings them together, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a bit where he misunderstands... I can't remember what the context is, but there's a bit about two-thirds in, after him and Greg Kinnear have kind of become begrudgingly become friends yeah and greg kinnear says something to him and he misinterprets it as him hitting on him and he says i'd be the luckiest man alive but i'm not interested but so like in the end it's not great but it's a start you know yeah (laughs) yeah so i could say but yeah on the whole it it doesn't really question his um 
horrible, he, he, horrible behavior enough. The character never earned my, my forgiveness. No, I never thought that at the end, oh, he's definitely going to stop being racist now. No. I feel like he's still going to be racist, but Helen Hunt's going to be like, oh, what are you Oh, like? you. Oh, you. He's so, you're such a charming yeah. bigot. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Yeah. Anyway, Drunken Over the Dog is really cute. Okay, I knew that that would be what would keep, if nothing else, would keep you I mean, watching. I, I th- at the start of this film, I thought that you chose this film purely for, for the, the dog. dog. Yeah. Like, but then to try and please me and Louise watching this, just like, oh, I'll pick a film with a very cute dog in it. Well, it wasn't not on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this film never met a doggy reaction shot it didn't like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. definitely seems you could imagine the dog could have had a voiceover role in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, but the the dog is useless. <laughs> like as a dog to Greg, like the dog is. A, oh, that's it. Drink it. I drink every time the dog is a horrible dog. A horrible for, dog for Greg Kinnear. Like he, the dog is a whore. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dog is such a whore. Yeah. The dog really bonds with Jack Nicholson, and then when the dog comes back to Greg Kinnear, he just ignores him. He misses Jack Nicholson too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did love the scene where Greg Kinnear is trying to like when he's having the lowest points of his life, and he's being told he's bankrupt. He tries to call the dog over and the dog just ignores him completely. And then Greg Kinnear does a very good Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah. And the dog immediately is like, huh? <laughs> so it's like, so mean. Yeah. Maybe the dog would be a better dog to Greg Kinnear if Greg Kinnear had not called him Verdell. I feel like that might have been a factor. I mean, if he'd just given the dog a less wanky name, the dog might <laughs> resent him slightly less. Yeah. <laughs> it almost sounds like... Um... You know, in Modern Family, how Mitch and Cam have all their uh, their, their gay friends who have got ridiculous names. Like, like Pepper, yeah. Like Jermichael. Jermichael and Pepper, yeah. Yeah, and, and stuff like that. It, it sounds like one of those, like... A, sure. Like yeah. an intentionally ridiculous gay name. Oh, sure. And don't get me wrong, when I get dogs, I'm going down that <laughs> My dogs are going to have stupid gay names. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not going to go with, uh, like, how you've named your goldfish, like Goldie Horn and Befinda Carlisle? You're not, you're not going to go down that route with a pun, or are you going to... Mm, I don't know. I, I put, maybe not. Just, just, just like ludicrously gay names. I think. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking Heathcliff and Kathy. Is is that one name? Is that two names? No, he- Three names? What? Heathcliff. Okay. And Kathy from Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. Okay, cool. It's me, Heathcliff. It's me. It's Kathy. I just like the idea of being like sure. on the Yorkshire Moors, being <laughs> no. like Heathcliff. Heathcliff. <laughs> it's a good dog name. Yeah, so. Sure. Yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. Mm. See so, you now, one thing you've got to. Um, you, you, you've got to think about if you're going to get a pair of dogs mm. uh, because a neighbour of mine once once got a pair of Jack Russells and he mm. called them Jack and Russ. Uh-huh. Terri- not very, not terrible. very imaginative. Terrible. Sure. But, and this isn't the best example of that, but you've got to think about what's going to happen if one of them doesn't, you know... Doesn't make it. Doesn't, yeah. Because doesn't, yeah. then you might be stuck with like one half of, an, of a pair of names. Sure. And it might not work anymore. So just Russ doesn't really work. No? Yeah. <laughs> that's, cause that, that, that's kind of how it ended. Like oh. it was, he, he just had Russ left and it was like... Well, it's a kind of weird name for a dog now. No, that's sad. Yeah, it's um, mm, good to know. Think about that. I will. F- I'll give that some thought. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. So that was the dog. Mm-hmm. Drink for speeches. Okay. Yeah. Sp- this movie is filled with. This movie is filled with speeches. It's mm-hmm. a very speechy script. Like every character in this film gets their Oscar speech at one point or the other. I mean, so did last week's. <laughs> True, but it's just very much more obvious this week. I think just it's it's just. Do you think you remember Goodwill Hunting? No, you. Yeah, Everything I mean, was a monologue. Okay, it's a bit more elegant than this one, but yeah. it, it, it's it's it was still something that really I, I really noticed. Every character gets a monologue. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and they're very obvious, and they're not how human beings in real life would speak. But no, 
Yeah, just drink for them. Just drink for them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sure, sure. Um, drink whenever Jack Nicholson's character talks about himself. Okay. What, in the sense that he's kind of a narcissist? Yeah, basically. So, largely, like I already mentioned, like all the compliments he gives to people are while he's talking about himself. Sure. Um, you make me want to be a better me. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And yeah, there's just loads of other examples throughout this film. When, like say, uh, that, that scene in the car, when Greg Kinnear's talking about like how his parents sort oh, of kicked yes. him out. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Nicholson's just like, yeah, well, uh, my dad beat me with a belt when I was when I, when, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. Everything always needs to be on him. Yeah. And he needs to talk about himself. People need to be talking about him. Yes. If they're not talking to him. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, so drink for those. Drink every time he's self-censored. Sure. God, okay. I hate this guy. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you really talk against him. Uh, drink every time Helen Hunt's hair changes. I hadn't noticed. I did. I big time noticed. Considering she's like a New York waitress who has no money and only ever st- stays with her son, mm. her hair changes constantly. <laughs> like she has a new blowout every every scene. It's just quite funny to me. Oh, you got to take care of yourself. Sure, absolutely. But it, it's just funny to me because it doesn't seem like she's the kind of character who can afford to be spending a lot of time no. in the salon. No. But her hair style was in a constant state of evolution. Yeah. Quite fun to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, last one I got here is drink whenever anybody suffers from their problem. Anybody suffers from their problem? Everybody in this film has like a problem. Oh, so I see. Greg Kinnear's problem is he got beaten up right. and like his life is completely bottomed out. Sure. Jack Nixon's problem, he has OCD. Yes. And Helen Hunt's problem is um, her son's problem. Yes. Basically. She has a son. Yeah. That's well, her yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just drink every, every time anybody does that. Because like they all just have one thing one thing they need to overcome yeah Yeah. i see that makes sense yeah sure that makes sense okay my last one drink for well i've got it down as celebrity cameos but i think it's more like every time you see an actor and go oh i know them there's there's a lot of that in there's so much of that in this yeah so many characters also than i feel i've seen in other things yeah Yeah. Yeah. well i think it's james l brooks who made this film like he's a very famous director he's done a lot of big films uh and i think he's just one of those guys who just like yeah just bring all my mates in Mm. all my friends will be in this film yardley smith why not yeah you know Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. I know you noticed Maya Rudolph. She was, yeah. She's not even famous yet. No, no. I think right? this is literally. Yeah, I, that's not, that's what I mean. <clears throat> that's not a celebrity cameo. That is mm. person who will be famous in a few years. Yeah. Just taking a job as like an extra, basically. She plays a police officer, and she's in it for like. But that, that's what I mean. That's the joy of this film. You're like, is that Maya Rudolph? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and is uh is is Marie from Breaking Bad in it as well? I think so. Yeah. One of the waitresses at the start. Yes, Marie from Breaking Bad is one of the waitresses. Yeah, I forget the actors. Uh, Darla from Buffy is the girl in the book publishers where she's like, how do you write women so well? And mm-hmm. he's like, I just write a man and take away reason and accountability. So, <laughs> she did not have a good character. No. I, I hated it when I, when her character came on because she's, she, she's what, like 20 or something in sure, this? Sure, yeah. And like her, her entire character in this is just to be completely taken with 60-year-old Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And it, it looked horrible. It did. It did. Yeah. I hated it. It was really bad. Yeah. I was like, because at, at, at this point, I was still like, are him and Helen Hunt going to, hmm? or no. And yeah. and then the scene was like, yeah, the film's not afraid of it. They're, yeah. Him and Helen Hunt are definitely This gonna. film is still acting like Jack Nicholson is 35. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But there's a lot of celebrities and this is the point I'm making. Mm. Two guys from Scream. Two guys, yes, the cast of Scream. Uh, the guy at the um, the maitre d' at the restaurant they go to is definitely someone who appears in other films all, all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- there's quite a lot. Th- yeah. There's a lot of char- like one-shot characters. So, yeah. That was Very it. good. That was my drinking games. 
Cool. Okay. Well, before we get to sequels, listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode so far and you want to hear more, we can go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set. And if you do, you can have extended versions of our episodes. We talk more about the film. We give you more sequel ideas and there's more listen submissions and even more drinking games. More of everything is the extended versions. You also get a few more bonus features there. We get a bonus show where we review films that we, well, normally see in the cinema. Now everything's on more streaming. So on but, Netflix, but yeah. But hey, there's that. Yeah. Um, you get to have an advert on the main show once mm-hmm. a month. Um, every every Patreon gets a 30-second advert slot, which John normally puts in, I think, after this. Yes. To be honest, I don't know. I don't listen to this show. <laughs> what, <laughs> a, what a great <laughs> endorsement there, Harry. <laughs> uh, I'm on it. Video. I'm you, on it. Yeah. I'm listening now. True. To be honest, I, I've not listened to every episode. Even though I've been on every episode, I've not been listening. <laughs> no, a lot of the time you tuned um, out, I can tell you. Yeah. But uh, I do my best. Sure. Uh, yeah, so also if you become Patreon, not just the advert slot, but also once a month we do a Patreon episode where we get a Patreon to choose from for us. Mm-hmm. Now you can you can come and guest on the episode if you want to, uh, but you don't have to. But yeah, we'll do any film you pick, really. Mm-hmm. So all that is available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. So my first one is called As Good As It Gets To How Carol, that's Helen Hunt's character, How Carol Got Her Groove Back. Is that all the title? How Carol, that's Helen Hunt's character, How Carol Got Her Groove Back. No, 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 it's just called called As Good As It Gets To How Carol Got Her Groove Back. So I just wanted to clarify who Carol was. You know, you might not know. Probably a bad title if you need to clarify a character. Well, I just know that you don't pay attention to character names. so That's that's fairly true. So anyway, picks up 20 years later. Jack Nicholson's character Melvin has died. Fair enough. I'm being bold. I'm killing him off. It's a very obvious thing to do. He, he's not acting anymore. I mean, I put him in some of my other sequels, so the fact that he's not acting anymore isn't like oh, okay. a game changer. But for this, for the purposes of this one, I'm like, you know what? He's not acting anymore, so I'm going to kill him off. Yeah. I mean, he is now 83. Yeah, sure. No, give it, the guy the, a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Good for you. Go live your life. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. I mean, like, I said, like the character in this movie as he, well. Yeah. He would be about 83, he be 83. if he's dead at this point. It's not, it's not it's a tragedy, not a, it's, no, it's, it's, it's a good innings. It is the, the circle of life, indeed. Yeah. So he has died. But also, phew. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. So Helen Hunt's character, turns out they stayed together mm. from 1997. Okay. And she has nursed him through years of like ailments and ill health, because he's not the healthiest guy. And now he's finally died. Poor Helen Hunt. I know, right? Like, she's... She really joined I, I in at the I assume, like, just, just sort of got over that with uh, her son, and now she's got to do it with him. Exactly. That's my point, yeah. So she's she's jumped out of the fire, frying pan into the fire, yeah. She went from one, from a sick son to an old guy who was just going to get older and sicker as time went by. So, 
Time's not been kind to her. So no. 20 years of marriage to that guy. Mm-hmm. How were his uh, mental illnesses at the time? Well, that's also a, prob- also a problem. You know, he didn't just get better. So it's been a rough road for her. She's really put herself through it. Yeah. So he's finally dead. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> So he's finally dead. And she is now because she's lived with this for 20 years and before that she was nursing her son, mm. she too is now old, lonely and bitter. Mm-hmm. So she's basically become him yeah. because she's had such a shit 20 years. Mm. That she's basically become who he was in the actual film. Yeah. So that's where we're starting with. Oh, so she's like horrible. To she's a horrible person. Now, right, yeah, she's okay. just this bitter old lady. Oh, okay. And she just lives in what was his apartment. Mm. Now their apartments, same, same apartment. They never moved because he was far too, ocd to ever want to move house mm. clearly so they still live in that same apartment and she's living off his book royalties mm-hmm. and she shuts herself away from the world and she's just like a full-on crazy cat lady yeah so maybe she's filled the apartment with cats since she died <laughs> and that's all she does she just lives with cats and she doesn't like people okay. that's her character okay are we gonna catch up with greg kinnear in this we are so greg kinnear comes back mm-hmm. maybe for his maybe for jack nicholson's funeral or just maybe he's in town I've, oh so jack nicholson died recently yeah no that's the point he died recently because she right, she's okay. been through 20 years of this shit and that's what's turned her into this like angry shut-in because mm-hmm. her life's been shit mm-hmm. so yeah no no jack nicholson's only just died this mm-hmm. is a whole new f- experience for her right so greg kinnear turns up maybe for jack nicholson's funeral or just maybe in general he's in town and he yeah gives her a call whatever but they've not seen each other for a while and he sees how her life has been since Jack died mm. and how, what a bad state she's in. And it's like, you know, you deserve better than this. Mm. And he's like gone on and lived his best life these past 20 years. He, mm-hmm. Maybe his art career has been successful. His shirt's even more open. His shirts are more open than ever. He's more flamboyant than ever. He's living his yeah. best gay life. Yeah. 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 And he's like, look, I'm going to go on holiday to like Mykonos or something. It's like some, or, you know, some gay resort, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, and you're going to come with me. You need to have some fun. When was the last time you left this city and had some actual fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's going to take her on holiday to like a gay resort. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so she goes. And this film follows Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear as they go on this to this like fabulous gay island, whatever. And I thought it would be really fun to have her character. Maybe... I nearly asked, have you ever been on a holiday that's specifically for gay people? I go to the Eurovision Song Contest and then I remembered, every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Harry, I have. <laughs> So she goes on this ho- fabulous holiday and I'm thinking maybe she has like an aff- a fling with a much younger man, like a guy in like his 20s, just to make up for okay. all the years of being with, with this much old fart. Yeah. yeah. So she has this fling with a much younger man. She's having a great time. She's partying on the beach. She's getting drunk. She's doing all the things she should have done when she was younger. She's mm-hmm. finally, finally free. Mm-hmm. She has a great, great time. Finally opening <clears throat> herself up again and having fun for the first time in like 40 years. It's great. Mm-hmm. Until... Her and Greg Kinnear go out one night to like a gay strip club, mm-hmm. just you know, just just for fun. And she's who does she spot doing a dance but her own son? Nice. Yeah. So what's her relationship been with her son for for the past twenty years or whatever? Well, she fought good, yeah. but then she thought he was doing a PhD in back in America. Like she thought she maybe she like doesn't see him that much, but he's gone off and he tells her that he's you know doing a PhD at like Brown University or something. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's a go-go dancer in like on this greek island right okay so she's like horrified he's horrified it's yeah. you know it's oh my god mom yeah it's the worst it's yeah. the most humiliating thing yeah but yeah and, and she's really annoyed she's like this is how you've been spending all my money like yeah. maybe she's been sending him like money from mm, whatever, yeah, yeah to pay for the to pay tuition, for tuition yeah. fees and he's actually turns out he dropped out of college like years ago and he's just living it up yeah all this time yeah and uh 
Yeah, and, and that's as far as I've got. But I was thinking, like, she... Is she with Greg Kinnear when she makes this discovery? As friends, yes. Yes, they're both in the bar together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. That's, that's what I meant. That, are they physically in the same space? Yeah, well, I was thinking, yes. He takes us to this, like... He doesn't know that her son's going to be there. It's, yeah. it's, it's news to him as well. Okay. But I'm thinking he's like, oh, let's go out on the town tonight. Let's go and visit a, a dance bar or whatever. You'll have a great time. She's mm-hmm. going for it. She's loving this new lifestyle she's got. Mm-hmm. And then her son is one of... And I'm thinking her son is literally like... Did you ever go... Have I ever taken you to Viaduct where the... I'm sure I have, oh. but like... You have been in there, but maybe you don't remember. Maybe you repressed it. But like, where, where the bar stuff... <laughs> you know, you have been there. I know you have. Years ago. But where, Which one's Viaduct? One of the gay bars. Yeah, um, no, no, I got that. You definitely have. I remember distinctly we went one time. I mean, they're all closed now because of the coronavirus, but all the, the bar staff are like muscly guys who just are wearing like budgie smugglers, like wife runs. Right, yeah. So I think that's how she first sees her son. He's literally just like, sir, he's oiled yeah, up. I, and do, I do not remember that. We did go one time. Not just me and you, a bunch of us went. I can't remember why. We, we dragged you. Like, Oh, was it for some of them stag deals? Yeah, that? it was like very early in our friendship. It was like, was yeah, it was somebody's stag thing. Day. Yeah, and you were, you were just there. The time you went to the strip club? No, different night. Okay. But no, there was, there was a time when oh, a few of us went. Well, what a time we've had. We have. We've had our time. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, point is that's how she finds her son. Like the worst time you want to run into your mom or your son. Yeah. He's like oiled up and just like dancing on poles and uh, serving drinks in, a, in his little tighty whitey and his mm-hmm. little So very uncomfortable moment. But yes, I'm thinking ultimately like she's very angry and she's like, I can't believe this is how you're spending your money. And then they kind of have a heart to heart and it's like maybe because of the way she is and the way she's, she's become over the years as being quite overbearing as she's a very overbearing mother, mm-hmm. which this film kind of hints at, yeah. she's very overbearing. Yeah. But also because Jack had a very bad influence on her and made her very, also very kind of a shut in and very, uh, close minded unappro- and unapproachable. Right. He didn't feel he, when he dropped out of college, he didn't feel he could tell her mm. he was too ashamed. And so mm-hmm. he just kept taking her money and then went to this Island. And so maybe this film follows her as she, makes amends with her son and they you know they build their relationship back yeah and then she also enjoys a bit of a fun time on this island and she loosens up a bit and it just makes her life a bit better yeah i'd say like he sort of takes her on a tour of what his life is now yes yeah which you know is largely this island and the people that are on this island Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's just a great fun time and greg Kinnear's just along for the ride and he's just enjoying it he's reliving his his youth, his, his 20s, even though he's, you know, what, 40 or 50 or whatever. Probably now. in his 50s at this point. Yes, exactly. So yeah. it's, it's just basically that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just like mostly just a journey for her, just having a good time, unwinding a little bit and reconnecting with her son. Yeah. On a gay island in somewhere in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So that was how Carol got her groove back. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So the one that I've got, well, I've got two. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that I've got is called As Good As The Cuckoo's Nest Gets. Okay, I can potentially see where the connection might be here to another Jack Nicholson vehicle, but go yes. ahead. Yeah. So, first of all, have you seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Of course I have. Great. So, you won't mind if I spoil the end. Go ahead. So, listeners, quick spoiler alert for the cuckoo's ne- One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, obviously, at the end of that, Jack Nicholson's character gets a, lobot- a lobotomy, is that the Yes. Word? Yeah. And uh, loses his mind. Mm-hmm. Years later, this leads into the events of As Good As It Gets. Oh, so the lobotomy left him as this kind of ocd obsessive compulsive no 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 okay so jack nixon's broken mind invents a world where everything is about him oh so none of it's real Mm -hmm. okay interesting carry on he invents many different kinds of people around him who they all love him very much and everything is this perfectly happy world but his mind is very broken Mm -hmm. 
and it twisted reality to a place where everything is the opposite of how he wants it to be. Okay. So everybody is very hate-filled and unhappy. Nobody likes him. He doesn't like anybody. It's just a horrible place and a horrible time. Nobody. Uh, so the, the universe of as good as it gets is this world it, it's created in his own mind. Yeah. Okay. I like it. In this mm. broken, twisted mind. Sure. But in the... So I'm, I've not got a lot here. Um, in the real world, though, um, due to the passing of Nurse Ratched, his, uh, his previous favorite nurse, Helen Hunt, gets promoted to her level and brings in a new wave of caregiving. Okay. So it's like the place gets nicer. Yeah. Her techniques, they're way more effective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, previously Nurse Ratchet was like, ah, oh, lobotomize everybody. Nah. Sure. Um, and Helen Hunt's much more like, you know, well, therapeutic. Give, give them hugs and stuff. Okay, yeah, whatever, right. whatever. So, you know, his brain starts getting a bit better. I mean, he's still being lobotomized. <laughs> I was like, going to say, like, how much better can it get? <laughs> he, he, he is screwed. He's still very much, he's living in his own world. Sure. But like, okay. his world becomes less hate-filled. Okay, okay. And so... Yeah, he, st- uh, he starts to like people a bit more, does a few good deeds here and there, you know, pays off this little boy's bill, m- medical bills. Mm-hmm. In the fantasy? Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying that this, you know, as good as it gets is the fantasy. No, that's what I'm saying. So in so that's all the fantasy, yes. So in the real world, he's still sat and he can't really move or do anything, but his in his mind, yeah. things are getting better. And so in his mind, he's treating people nicer. Okay. Yeah. And every now, every now and then, uh, this character in his fantasy, the Helen Hunt character, mm-hmm. kind of get a bit close, a bit romantic. Uh, okay. And, so you know, and, his... and, 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 and where he's seeing like, you know, a big romantic scene where they have a snog and stuff like that, cut back to the real world. And it's just Nurse Helen Hunt just like changing his pillows or something. Sure. And he's just like, just like trying to. Okay, I see. Sort of try, trying to snog a bit like he's just, it's not, 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 nothing's working there. Sure. But yeah, basically, that's what I've got for that, which is, yeah, as good as The Cuckoo's Nest gets. Just showing that, like, this ridiculous film that you picked this week kind of works better as it's all, it's all somebody's dream or okay. no, uh, made, made up world. No, that's interesting. It feels like it could almost... Because be... the film is very much, it's only about Jack Nicholson's character, even True. though he's not the most interesting character, that's in, a good in, in, in like... my opinion. You look at the cover of the film, it's just him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as though he's the main character. It, this is his world. Everything is about him. Everything he says, he's talking about himself. Sure. He never really does a selfless act. Whenever he compliments somebody, he's talking about himself. It's all about him. It's because it's all his own world in his own mind. Okay. Could it be that Helen Hunt, as this like replacement nurse ratchet, one of her therapeutic techniques is emotional support puppies? <laughs> and so she gets a dog in. <laughs> yes. And, there we go. You know, lobotomized J- Jack Nicholson from... from one flew over the cuckoo's nest, mm. bonds with the dog. You know, the dog, like, you know, is licking him and is, you know, helping him along. Yeah. And so that means that the dog manifests in the fantasy as this dog that comes around and makes him a better person. Yeah. That could work too. Yeah, totally. That could be really sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, just that you have this whole hopeful movie and then it cuts back and he's just still, like, paraplegic because he's got no brain. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting take. It's definitely something. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it. There's not a lot of places you can take it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's definitely something. Okay, my second idea. Mm. The title is Melvin and Maud. Okay. Okay, Melvin being the Jack Nicholson character, mm-hmm. and it's named after the title is named after a film that I've not made you watch yet, but it's been on my list for a while. It's called Harold and Maud. It's a mm-hmm. real movie. It's about a younger guy who ends up with a much older woman. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a dark comedy. It's it's very good. We'll do it one day. Anyway, but in this version, Melvin and Carol, Helen Hunt's character, did not last. Mm-hmm. They didn't stay together. Like right. they got together at the end of the first film. 
They tried out for a few weeks. It became very clear very quickly that they were not compatible. Mm -hmm. They wanted different things. They were very different emotionally. So they fizzled out. And yeah. so he went back to being a loner, basically. Yeah. So despite the fact that they and they broke up very quickly, he did continue to pay her son's medical bills just mm -hmm. out of general, you know, the goodness decency, of his, yeah. decency, the goodness of his heart, and because he did, does feel a certain affection for her. But they were very quickly realized to be not compatible romantically. So he reverts back very quickly to his old self of being kind of very grumpy, very he lives this very lonely, repetitive existence where all he does is goes to the same cafe once a week and eat with plastic cutlery and mm -hmm. be offensive to people and nothing's really changed. He's just back in his old habits. Yeah. There's not really been a lot of growth there. Yeah. One day he turns up at his favorite restaurant. Could be the same restaurant, but maybe Helen Hunt doesn't work there anymore. Maybe she's gone on to study, you know, do like a mature degree, like or something, mm. you know, be a mature student, whatever. She, she's just gone on to better things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But maybe he still goes to that same restaurant. And uh, yeah, one day he goes to his table because he still has his favorite table. He, he has to sit that it has to be the one he sits at every week. Yeah. Um, and it's actually taken by a crotchety old woman, okay. like an old, a, a female version of him, like an old woman who's just really grouchy and maybe a bit OCD and rude. Have you got a casting in mind? I've got a few ideas. Yeah. And the idea, I mean, I'm sure you've figured it out by now, but the, the point of this is that rather than him ending up with a woman who's like 30 years younger than him. Yeah. He ends up with someone who is his age and is similar to him in personality. So like a grouchy old woman mm -hmm. who may have obsessive compulsive disorder or something similar. Sure. But yeah. who is ultimately, he's just very rude and very like eccentric. Mm. But the two of them are going to hit it off because they actually have something in common and they have that in common. See, now I was thinking that they were going to hate each other. No, they do initially, but then the hate turns to love, as always happens in the movies. Okay. Yeah. So I had a few ideas for the actress to play this. Mm -hmm. Carol Kane, as in, yes. you know, from Kimmy Schmidt, the, yep. uh, the stoop wench or whatever she calls herself. Um, <laughs> stoop witch. It's a joke in the show. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Kimmy Schmidt's landlady. Yeah. You can imagine that, right? She's yeah, definitely. Very much, yeah. Uh, my other idea was Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous. Yes, it works. Yeah. Chain yeah. smoking, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. And my third idea was, this is a bit niche, but I hope you'll get it. Esteemed character actress Margot Marsindale. Nope. From Bojack Horseman? You watch Bojack Horseman, right? Yeah. Do you remember the running joke about esteemed character actress Margot Marsindale? No, I don't, sorry. Oh, Harry. Oh, it was a few years ago I watched Bojack. Well, she's a real character actress. I can't think what you know her from. She's very much like an old oh, that woman mm -hmm. actress. She's a character actress. She does character roles. Yeah. But in Bojack Horseman, she played herself as like and she she's always referred to as esteemed character actress margot marsindale mm -hmm. and the point is that she's this, this great actress who always plays great supporting roles but nobody really knows who she is right. but in bojack horseman she becomes like a master criminal <laughs> it's a good character i can't believe she forgot it ah sure but well, i thought that would be fun i'll, I'll enjoy rewatching that yeah time. one of those but well it doesn't matter any of those actresses can do but the point is it's got to be someone about jack nicholson's age capable of playing like this flinty old woman basically mm -hmm. yeah and you're right, they hate each other because she's she's taken his seat and she doesn't change seats for anyone, neither does he. So mm -hmm. they, it's, it's initially like a whole rivalry for the possession of the bar or the restaurant, whatever it is. But then as time goes by, they reluctantly fall in love. But it's not going to be like romantic love. It's going to be very like, you know, begrudging love because they're both yeah. so cynical, basically. Yeah. So yeah, that was my main idea that they just, that he just finds a girlfriend who's his own age and is a bit similar to him. So it's not like he's dragging someone else's sunshine down. It's mm -hmm. just like... 
two people who meet at the same level. But then I was also thinking maybe they could both have biological kids that they've never mentioned before who are about the same age. Ah, uh, okay. Because okay. we never get any of his backstory. We assume That's he's true, been yeah. we assume he's been single forever, but we don't mm. know it. Maybe he had like a wife or a or yeah. a girlfriend or even like a one night stand, and like maybe he has like an adult son. Yeah. And maybe Carol Kane slash. Uh, Margot Martindale slash Joanna Lumley, whoever it might be. Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley, sure. Yeah. Has a, like, a biological daughter or vice versa. Mm. And maybe we find their grown-up children come into the plot to either they meet and they have their own romance or maybe they just come to see their parents and mm. maybe they're like happy that their parents respectively have found love but also they're concerned and maybe this person's taking advantage of their parent or... Or maybe uh, each of their kids, they've already become a couple. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oof. Guys, this is weird. Like, like it's a weird family reunion. Yeah, uncomfortable family reunion. Well, as in, like, he has a son, she has a daughter. Mm. Their son and daughter, they've already become a couple together. Oh, so their kids are couples before. Oh, so maybe instead of being at the restaurant, they meet at a family reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets a message from like his is estranged, like twenty something son who he's not spoken to for mm-hmm. like years and years, saying, "Dad, I'm getting married." Yeah, come to the wedding, and he reluctantly goes. Yeah, and he goes, to, and at the ceremony the mother of the bride or that's, yeah that, that that's it it's that's, this it's bitter perfect. old lady and the yeah. two of them like connect over bitching mm-hmm. and then they fall in love and they just complain about their kids the whole time yeah and it makes the kids really uncomfortable because now their parents are, they're seeing their parents in this new light as these kind of people who have sex and yeah. but also as <laughs> they've both found someone who's as horrible as they are which nobody wants so no, no. that could be a good comedy yeah yeah okay so that's all i've got for that but that was melvin and maud nice um, all right, should we move on to listen submissions then? Mm-hmm. Take it away. We have Maximilian Katz uh, said, <laughs> I, I know we just talked about dogs. I think it's a co- I'm sure it's a coincidence. Maximilian Katz said, too good to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Murray said, not as good as it gets. Totally, yeah. Sorry, not as good as it got. Not as good as it got. It's, sure. more, it's more past tense, I guess. Yeah. Kieran Cowan said, eventually he ate the dog out of spite. Wow. <laughs> it's a dark sequel, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike Carey said, as Groot as it gets, the whole movie's a short starring Groot. Okay. Yeah. Yes, from that... Avengers, I guess. So so, so so, Groot is a grumpy old racist. Or a dog. But yes, I think the grumpy old racist works better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like Vin Diesel having to do the voice of Groot, but everything Groot says is a racist <laughs> epitaph. <laughs> well, no, because all Groot can say is I am Groot. Yeah. But like, I, I would quite like it if like, we can't understand exactly what he's saying, but what he's saying is incredibly racist all the time. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. The context is there. Like, to be fair, that is very Monty Python. <laughs> yes, true. So that's it. Over to Twitter. Cinema Recall, at Cinema underscore Recall, said, it starts off as a review, then gets to a sequel. He said, to be fair, Jack's character starts off as a racist homophobe, but by the end, he's a better person. The romance angle never worked for me. In the sequel, Helen Hunt's character's fetish is finding really old guys to fuck. This leads her to working in a hospice (laughs) where her lust for older men turns to necrophilia. Oh, dear. Wow. Cinema underscore recall got dark there. I like it. Wow. Can we bar somebody from the No, I like that too much. Oh, God. Uh, We have some more, don't worry, which are less disturbing. Uh, Nostalgicast at DW Lundberg said, Carol finally reaches the end of her tether and murders Melvin out of pure rage. I love it. Followed by a lengthy trial in which Simon, Greg Kinnear, Mm. testifies of their long suffering at his hands. Carol winds up acquitted. End of movie. Nice. Yeah. I'm happy with that. 
And finally, Benny2TS said, as good as it gets, an obsessive compulsive killer clown bravely finds love with a bunch of teenage misfits. Misfits. Sure. That's from the film It. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, it's a Jack Nicholson's character is the clown. Yeah. And he finds love with teenagers. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that there. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by posting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave us a five-star review if you so feel. It really helps us to reach new listeners, so please do consider doing that. As mentioned earlier, we are also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, it's over to you. Well, next week, it's not quite December. It's mm. November 30th. The episode will be coming out. Okay. But hey-ho. Hey-ho? Hey-ho-ho-ho. Hey-ho-ho-ho. It's Christmas season. Okay. We're we'll going there. We're starting it. We're so... It start of week one of Christmas, I think we're going to do four films, maybe, and then probably do a uh, a 2020 roundup. God knows what sure. that'll be, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll work that one out. So, Christmas episode one this year is going to be Black Christmas. Have we not done that yet? Nope. Okay. Well, it only came out last year. So. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something else. I'm, I'm thinking of Black Mirror Christmas. Different thing. Okay. As in the Black Mirror Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Black Christmas. I'm intrigued. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it was a Netflix film last year, maybe. I'm here for that. Cool. Great. Fantastic. Listeners, to be, honest, us. Th- to be honest, I think it might be based off a uh, 1970s film. But uh, Yeah, can we watch the 1970s film instead? I've heard that's really good. Okay, well, so your choices are the 1970s version, which has a 71% Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Or we have the twenty nine, sorry, uh, 2019 version, which has a 38% Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like I want to watch the original. Okay, I'll read, I'll read the synopses of both. So, 2019. With holidays around the corner, Riley and her friends prepare for a Christmas party. When a masked stalker targets girls and goes on a killing spree, they decide to fight back. Okay. And then for the other one... 1974. As winter break begins, a group of sorority sisters, including Jess, and... <laughs> <laughs> why are they different names? <laughs> and often... A, <laughs> okay, we 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 definitely do in the seventies. Great, yay! When one of the characters is referred to as the often inebriated Barb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, we're doing that one. Okay, so we're going to watch Black Christmas, the seventies edition. Often inebriated Barb. That's that is the. the I it's aspire it's to it's that. It's to a play terrible that nickname, but at the same time, it's a really good nickname. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, next week for the first Christmas episode we're doing this year. Ooh. Black Christmas. Oh, exciting. And for clarity, uh, even though there is a 2019 version, not sure that's any good. It's rated terribly. We're going to be doing the uh, the original 70s The version. 1970s original starring Margot Kidder. I'm yeah. excited. As inebriated Barb. Often inebriated Often Barb. Often inebriated Barb. That is... Uh, the what a what a character. That, that is on my grinder profile. Anyway, I... <laughs> The, the Barb bit as well? Often every, often inebriated Barb. It's my alter ego. It's my drag name, yeah. Often inebriated Barb. Yeah. What, does, what does Barb mean with, 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 with your people's lingo? No, it's just like that. It's my drag name, you know. <laughs> and that's your drag name. Yeah, often inebriated Barb. <laughs> it's, not, it's not catchy. 
No, but it, it's true. And yeah, isn't that more important in the in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, sure. Um, great. Well, thanks, everybody. And join us next week for Black Christmas. Yes. See you in December. See you in December. Ish. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. I'm not going to sleep with you. I will never sleep with you. Never, ever. Not ever.